We know it's been about probably over two months since our last podcast, and we do apologize. We've just been incredibly busy with work, getting down to Horror Nights, coming back from Horror Nights, getting reacclimated with work. And I'll tell you, when you work in an industry that requires at least 12 hours a day for five days a week, and sometimes when you're on set or whatever, it's upwards of... 14 to 15 hours a week you find you struggle to find time to do podcasts if you're a theme park nerd like us but we're back yeah yeah also uh we were gonna do this down in florida while we were there but um i lost my voice yep so uh yeah four nights of horror nights and even the first night we went through four houses and it was Completely gone, so it wouldn't have been a great podcast. It was a combination of, because normally the past two years we've stayed on site at Universal. This year we stayed at a Disney resort, and so it was a combination of, you know, constantly leaving Horror Nights and having to drive from Universal to Disney, which isn't at night. It's not a terrible drive. It's about 20 to 25 minutes, to, depending on where you're at for the resorts. Luckily, we were at Disney Springs, so we were relatively closer to Universal, but at the end of the night, you know, we would always just come home and we were pretty tired. And so during the five days that we were there, we were trying to mix in Universal and Disney. And it just wore us out, essentially. Yeah, because um, normally we were able to, like, nap, go to Universal, nap, go to Horror Nights. This was, like, the two days we went to Disney. It was Disney. We napped one day and then it was straight to Horror Nights so we could do Stay and Scream yep. and not get stuck <clears throat> out in the line, which we did once, but it wasn't terrible. And I've got some comments on Stay and Scream this year. Oh, boy, Yep. <laughs> It's not good. <laughs> we'll get to that because they changed. It. They did change it on us this year. Hated it. Yeah, we might have to change up our our stations um, next year. But overall, there were some things that we liked. There were some things that we loved, and there were some things that we disliked, like scare zones. Um, but overall, and I'll kick it off. I th- I still had a great time. I'll never go to Halloween Horror Nights and have a bad time. I know that I can always put my faith and my money. In Universal, I know that I'll have a good time at Horror Nights. But overall, I'm getting the sense that I liked 28 better than 29. Yeah, I don't know if it was... I mean, they kind of try to stick with the same theme of 80s this year, which I got. But it didn't really... It's like the scare zones, the theme, the houses. They didn't mesh with the theme. And I feel like last year, like the overall thing, like it all flowed. Like it made sense to me. Like the scare zones like flowed into each other. They flowed into the houses. Like this just felt like it was very disconnected in some ways. Like I don't feel like the 80s theme worked except for like merchandising in the one show. But other than that, like it did, it didn't, it just didn't connect. Yeah, in my opinion, I didn't really care for the scare zones at all. Yeah, um, not like the uh, Zombieland double tap. It was like half the time I didn't even know if there were scare actors in there. I don't like that when they try to do, you know, performance aspects to it. I don't like that the actors or the characters that they have to abide by a script. You know, because they always have the one. They had the one act where. Uh, Tally Hassey would go on stage and he would he would kill a zombie and he would 
have the line, you know, what do you think? Zombie kill of the week or something like that. But you could, it was a recording. Mm-hmm. And everybody had to abide by the recording. And I didn't like that. I thought it just kind of took away from the performance aspect of it. Yeah. I thought it was crap. Yep. Um, so I didn't really care for Zombieland. But overall, and we'll get to the scare zone shortly, overall I liked 28 better. And I actually think you put it nicely. There was a better fluidity to mm-hmm. 28. There was a lot of disconnect and incoherency with 29. Um, I only... I loved one scare zone for 29. Liked another, and then didn't really care for the other three. Yeah. But we'll get into that. Yes. We're going to start off with house rankings. And we'll start off with the worst, and I feel like we're going to have the same... Bottom two? <laughs> we might have the same bottom two. We probably we definitely probably have the bottom one the same. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure our, our top one... Well, I think your top one might be different, but we'll be close <clears throat> in what we think I'll give you credit. I didn't... Uh, I only really disliked two houses. I thought eight of the houses were good or better. Yes. I didn't care for two houses, though. Yeah. And I feel shit. like that's, like, the only... That's, like, the overall feel of things that I've seen people write and say... Is that they're ranking it as it's like if they could do like like we said before like one A one B one C and then these last two houses are just kind of there. So uh, my number ten is us. Agreed. It had only two good scares. Yeah. It did seem like you were walking through the film, but there were only two scares, and other than that, it was just kind of bland. Was it a little creepy? Yeah. Um. But I agree that there were only two really good scares, and it was when you kind of enter a new room, but the dad from the tethered dad, quote unquote, comes out with the baseball bat. And just, ah! Yeah, that was one of those scares. And then the other one was whenever you're walking through the Hands Across America room, and you didn't know who was an actual person who was a dummy. Yeah. That, that was creepy. Yeah. Other than that, didn't think it was that scary of a house. No. Thought it was pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Loved was... the movie. Thought the movie, uh, I think the movie kind of gets a bad rap. Yeah. But I like the movie. Didn't give a crap for that. Yeah, it didn't it did not translate well into a house, which is what I was afraid was gonna happen in the first place. I'll say that I liked uh and I don't really I'm trying to think if I would want to word this. I liked the sound in the house. Yeah, no, this or the sound mixing or the sound like editing. Because they had yeah. they had audio from the movie of the tethered main heroine if we want to call her that. Uh, and they had her dialogue kind of voicing over and telling the story as you went through the house. I thought that was really well done. That sounded cool. That put me a little more on edge than the actual house itself. Mm-hmm. Because it's a woman that's speaking as she's breathing in. Yeah. Um, that was a little creepy. Other Overall, though, I didn't, we went. We did 34 total runs through houses. And we went through that one, what, maybe? Twice. Twice? Yeah, that was, we went through it two times. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. All right. The uh, next one, number nine. Depths of Fear. Yeah, that house sucked too. Um, and I think I would say I will say I feel like my perception of it was off because the first time we went into it, we got into the first room and people just kind of stopped and watched this video that they were playing. So we stood there for a good solid five minutes before the line ever moved. We missed half the scares. The fish costumes look ridiculous. Those heads are way too big. I watched somebody push, like, they got stuck trying to go back in their hide hole. Like, it just, it, I only got, like, two good scares, and that was, they had these, like, little snake serpents that came out from, like, really low. Oh, yeah, they were puppets. Yeah, they came out twice, so those got me, and 
there was a, a guy who was like infected. He popped out of a hide hole and got me. But other than that, like every time we went through that house, there was something wrong because I know there was another time we got stuck on a ramp for a good solid 10 minutes and I have no idea. It wasn't 10 minutes. It felt like it. Um, <laughs> but I do agree that I didn't like the costumes for the fish monsters or whatever. Uh, there were also people that said that at the end of this story or this house, like you don't get out, like you lose or whatever. I didn't really get that sense. You get a sense like you need to evacuate and get out of yeah. this sinking ship a or whatever it is. The costumes are really bad. The set design was great. Um, but the giant fish heads are what I can't get by. And a lot yeah. of people, you know, they either liked it or they didn't like it. I didn't like it because when I go into Killer Clowns, I know what I'm expecting from Killer Clowns. I'm expecting a fun, goofy, really bad 80s B movie of a haunted house. You know, we've seen the movie. We saw the scare zone a year ago. The giant, goofy clown costumes are what I'm kind of expecting. When I enter a a house called Depths of Fear, and it's supposed to be an underwater-themed haunted house where the monsters are supposed to be genuinely terrifying, and they look like something out of SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm not into it. Yeah. Didn't really get scared. Um, they didn't really... When you have, like, a giant oblong costume like that, it doesn't really make for a good jump scare. Mm-mm. A lot of the better jump scares from that house were from people that were just yelling at you to get out. Yeah, I think the only time that I ever thought, like, the fish costume worked was you entered into this hallway and there was this red light and there was just one backlit standing there. So, like, you couldn't really see him and sometimes he would move forward and then if you got too close, you're like, ah, well, there's But even then, you could... It still wasn't great. You Even when it was backed up and you could see the silhouette, you you saw it coming. Yeah, it was... It it didn't really scare you at all. Yeah, in terms of scares... It wasn't great. So we agree that us and Depths of Fear were at the bottom of the list. What do you have for number eight? Um, I have for eight, and I feel sad for this, but Stranger Things. Close. I have that one at seven. It was good, but I feel like last year's house was better. It was much better. It, like I feel like there were genuine... Like, it wasn't a scary house last year, but there were still jump scares that genuinely got me. This one, I felt like I was just walking in to set up scenes, and they weren't really trying to... There was one time, though, we did go through it, and they're like we're in the upside-down tunnels, and they have people in those hazmat suits, and they got me once, and then he knew he got me, and he came out from another direction and got me, which I, I appreciate that. Like I find it funny, but other than that, it was just, it was just an okay house. It wasn't great, yeah. and I'll say what saved it for me was that they broke it up into two parts. They have a Stranger Things 2... Which consumes probably, I would say, 75% of the maze. And then they go into Stranger Things 3, which is like the last 25%. That last 25% it was what really saved it for me. Um, when they go into the cabin and the giant... I want to say it's the Mind Flayer. Yeah, it's like the... It's just like a physical... Yeah. Being of a Mind Flayer. It's the thing that like essentially forms to be the monster in the Star Wars. And it's wall. massive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was terrifying. And then they go, they they put it in Starcourt Mall, and it was a giant puppet. And I thought that was really cool, too. That's what kind of saved it for me. It wasn't, it's not a scary house. Uh, I don't think we ever actually had a really good run through it either. No, and I will say, though, I feel like when we were there, though, so we did that one four times. And I want to say the first time we did it, and then every time after that, they actually changed it. There were less strobing lights for that giant mind flare in the cabin in the Starcourt Mall. 
And then I noticed there was one time we went and like they were pumping strobe lights. Yeah. So it made it more terrifying because like it, it disoriented the movement of the monster. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we really got like the best. We run never got a good it. run through it. I always felt like. <laughs> We were always out of sync with it in some way because no matter where we were, it's not like we went through it a couple times and there was just an entire cast change. We would go through it and they were changing out casts at different points. Um, but for like Str- the Stranger Things 2 portion, I literally felt like it was just a continuation of the house last year. And the house last year was much more scary. I agree with mm-hmm. you there. Yeah, it was it, it was a bit of a letdown. Um, I'm not going to be opposed to them bringing it back as a scare zone next year. I'd be surprised if they did, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, I mean, I think it could work as a really cool scare zone. Yeah. And the, the, I guess the surprising thing is, like, whenever we would get there for Stay and Scream, St- Stranger Things was always going to open with, like, a two-hour wait. Yeah. And it blew my mind that Ghostbusters would open with a 70-minute wait, but then we would go back an hour later and we would be down to 30, 35. Yeah. Because the nights we went, Ghostbusters didn't have yeah. a, much of a long wait if you went, mid, like, in the middle of their hours or whatever. Yeah, and I think, like, there was only one time that, like, our last night there, um, we didn't do any ex- express passes or anything like that. Yeah. So we hit, like, four houses early in the back, and when we left, we left pretty early, but I saw a picture later in that night, and Ghostbusters did finally fill up in their queue. But, I mean, for the Stranger Things queue, they had three bars, <clears throat> and one of them was a food truck that was closer to yeah. the front of the line, and you still would even be from that closeness to that like where the food truck was, you'd still have time to eat your food and drink your drink. Like that, it was crazy. And we got some dirty looks walking through with our little express passes. But I'm like, I'm not here to spend two hours in the line when I want to hit every house. Yeah, And we'll get into, you know, what nights we did express. I was actually happy because when we went down, I knew we were going for four nights. I was thinking we would have to express for three of the nights. We only got it for two and we still did a lot. Yeah. Um, Eddie's number eight for me. And I can't really tell you why. It's number eight, which is good and bad. I think it's more so bad, just because I don't have any big takeaways from this. Didn't really care for the actual Yeti costumes. Had a couple jump scares, still better than us, and Depths of Fear. I just don't think we had a good run through it. Um, Loved the setting. Thought certain aspects of it were nice. I liked that they had a Yeti up above you oh then with that hand trick too well there was that but then there was there was one sequence where it's like a yeti is on top of like the cabin or whatever and it kind of marches at you and then like a hunter guy comes out and shoots it i like that but again i just really wasn't blown away by yeti uh so we only did that one three times as well so like i feel like you can tell by the number of times we did something yeah with the exception of killer clowns and I think it's just because we didn't go back that one night because the line got a little yeah. long for So it. number 10 for me was Us. Number 9 was Depths of Fear. Number 8 for me was Yeti. Number 8 for you was Stranger Things. Number 7 for me was Stranger Things. What is number 7 for you? Number 7 for me is Yeti. Okay. So we just I, switched 7 Yeah, eight. like I... I didn't. I did not like really what the Yetis looked like. Um, I know they weren't going to look like the Swamp Yetis because, I mean, it's two different things. But I, I don't know. Like the Abominable Effect didn't... I didn't really like it. There were... Yeah, I feel like the hunters got me more than anything. There was the one Yeti that le- reached over the table that really got me. But that house was freezing cold. And it was really cool to see, like, the frozen effect they did on everything. But, it, yeah, it was just it was just okay for me. Mm-hmm. And what is number six for you? Um, Nightingale's Blood Pit. Okay, we're kind of in sync. That was number five for me. Um, this house, the facade was amazing. 
Um, well, the facades were great oh, for a lot were, of the houses. Yeah, they were crazy. But especially for Nightingales, because they had a full-on set. Yeah. That was really impressive. So I'll agree with you there. The facade was great. And then, like, when it got darker and, like, the lightning effects and everything that they would put on it when and, like, the drum beat of, like, you were going into this coliseum. Yeah. It, it added a lot. This house had really good scares. Like, it's up there in terms of scariness of houses. Like, it's in the top three scary houses for me. Because, like, when people would jump, like, they'd have, like, those doors that collapse. They were really loud slamming wood. And, like, it was, there were just a lot of scares in this house. And I thought it was a really good... The lion. That lion got me almost every time. The lion was a really good scare. I liked that, you know, when you look at previous houses for nightingales, they look almost human or vampirish, But they did look more like birds. You know, we would joke that they would look like just terrifying turkeys at some point. But that was because over time they have to evolve and yeah. this Nightingale story took place before a lot of others. So they looked more like birds as opposed to humans. I kind of like that because there were times where these things were absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And I agree, this is one of the houses that if you wanted to get scared, this is one of the better ones for you to go get scared. Yeah, and I did like, there was, um, it was kind of like a small corridor that you walk through. And during one of the run-throughs, like, they did eventually put a nightingale in there. And it would just track back and forth with the crowd as they would walk in. And that was kind of, that's creepy. Like, you're being stalked already. And it's like, you're not even in the house. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's six for you. That was five for me. Uh, number six for me was Killer Clowns. That's my number five. <laughs> uh, well, we're someone. So all right. So at least this has a good flow to it. <laughs> yeah. And I can keep track of our picks. All right. So six for me. It's five for you. Yep. Thought it was a fun house. I knew it wasn't going to be scary. Um. Not too much to say on it. it. I did go, even though it's not scary. I did go first in that house once. Eden actually went. And I also did in Stranger Things. Eden did all the houses this year, which she's never done before, and she went ahead of me in some of the houses as well uh i think you got a kick out of it because no matter what i still get scared yeah <laughs> um did like killer clowns i knew it was gonna be fun i laughed in it more than i screamed but i was expecting that yeah and I so i wasn't expecting this to really top my list when we went through it but i'm still happy that they did it as a house yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. It looked like the movie. It's sm it, like it smelled like a fair, and it was fun to see like all the different clown. Clownzilla was great. I liked that they had like an also a giant head of Clownzilla, and then they did their own version of like having dummies standing and clowns as you're walking through yep. trying to get out. So they like, did they like a move. hands across America type yeah. thing where you go through a room and you don't know which one's actually a clown. Um, I'll say that. It wasn't a great facade, but at least they had a really good photo opportunity yeah. outside of it where you could, you know, be in front of an ice cream truck and get your picture taken with Shorty and I think one of the other clowns. So for me, Killer Clowns was six, Nightingales was five. For you, Nightingales was six, Killer Clowns was five. What's number four for you? Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. That is also my number four. Oh, well, I thought this was going to be your you number need one. need to stop cheating. <laughs> Off of my answers. I really thought this was going to be your number one. Now, this right here tops the scariest house of the event for me. This one, it was like you stepped into the movie. And, like, what's really cool about this is this house originally was a house back in Hollywood when the event first started out there. And then got turned into the movie. And now they've brought it back as a house. And it was genuinely terrifying. I felt really bad because the last time we went through it, we didn't get the greatest run through. 
Um, but Which is fine because we still have a lot of really good runs through this house. Yeah, we did it four times. And uh, of the majority of the time, they were all really good. And it was just amazing to me, like, how loud the house was. And, like, when you would walk out, like, you walk by the tent. It doesn't seem that big. But, like, the ins and outs of weaving and how they did it, it, it was a nice, decent house. I thought it was really good. I didn't think it was as scary as you thought it was. But, and, like... You do feel like you're stepping into the movie. You know, you start at Captain Spaulding's gas station or whatever, and he invites you into the museum and everything. But it really, it just really walks you through the movie. You know, you go through the family's house and everything. There's there's Rain Wilson turned into a, a mermaid. Um, I thought one of the better scares is the woman that jumps out and she's singing, you know, I want to be loved by you and, you and all that. I thought that was great. Um... Dr. Satan looks really cool. When you get to the underground portion of the movie, that's when it gets really creepy. So I think in terms of gradually increasing the fear and the scare aspect of it, that house did a really good job. And I only ever saw him once because I was too afraid. But yeah, you didn't open your eyes for him. Yeah, I didn't know. But uh, the his like Dr. Satan's his like enforcer assistant. was really cool. Yeah, and then they had like this part where he comes out apparently and like blasts it blasts you with air. It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so number four was House of a Thousand Corpse. What's your number three? Graveyard Games. God damn it. All right. Stop it. Because <laughs> that's my number three. I promise you we didn't look at each we other and, or, or consult each other. So that means we're going to have the same numbers four, three, two, and one. All right. So Graveyard Games, what would you like about it? Um. Well, I will say this is one of those houses that we did it four times. And the first few times we did it, we did not have great run-throughs. Um, but as we progressively went through, they, they got better and I will say, though, if you didn't know the story, I do think it was kind of hard to understand what was going on. Like, you do know that these two teenagers are being attacked by the graveyard. I had to tell you because you didn't realize yeah, that mom, didn't the mama first. character is, like, the mother character who's, like, light and everything. She's trying to actually protect people and get them out, but these kids are too far gone, so she can't really protect them. Um, but oh, this one, the last time we did it, there we got stopped for a second and this scare actor came out crawling. I yeah, hate when things he crawl. came out from behind his little hideaway area. He was crawling on the ground. And I hate that was terrifying crawl. even for me. I <laughs> screamed so loud. It was so scary. They also had one of these rooms where it was like you walked in and children in scary movies. I don't like it, but it's like an overtrack of kids giggling and saying, "Come play with us." And well, you the other can't thing was tell. that they looked like dolls. Too. Yeah. And they were terrifying. Well, sure. Like, yeah, some of them are going to be dummies and fake, but they looked like dolls. Because, like, they had some dolls that, that came stood to up, yeah. too. Like, they were fake, but they were standing up. And it was it was scary. Um, all right. So we agree. I'm kind of with you. It took me a while to get that mother was trying to save you from the maze. Overall, I thought that they... It was one of the scarier mazes. And I kept calling it Carnival Graveyard throughout the night, only because I loved Carnival Graveyard from 28. I thought mm-hmm. that was a really good maze. Um, Graveyard Games is definitely one of the better houses. Very good with scares. Had a pretty good story. Um, set design was great as well. Yeah. Had really good lighting effects. Loved that house. Number two, I think we agree, it's Ghostbusters. Yeah, because this house was just so much fun. And it was it's, awesome. It's the other house that I walked through. For, I know they're not the scary houses, but give me time. I just finally got through ten of them. But it was so much fun. Like, it was... Exciting! There was at one point um, one of the Vankmans would high five you yeah. after they killed the hot marshmallow man, and it was 
so it's at fun. the point it's at the guy that was towards the end he's like yeah. we came we saw we kicked its ass yeah and it just it added so much to it because it was like like it's like yeah you're celebrating with the ghostbusters and then we went through it one time when the guy didn't do it and it was kind of like a letdown yeah like, so Aw. it was the night that we had the unlimited express yeah. the first time we went through it it was the guy that was giving high fives the second time we went through it, the guy was just standing there kind of mouthing the words. Yeah. The last time we went through it, the high five guy was back. And that really ended the night really well for us. Like, he was cool. Um, I thought uh, there was another part. There was just, it was a fun house. And, like, it was cool when you walked in because you walked into the library. And on some of the times, like, they would uh, have books moving, which was really cool. Um, they had an effect where the librarian walked by and then you turn a corner and she's in her scary ghost mode popping yeah, out at you. Yeah, that was at the very you. beginning. That was probably the biggest oh, scare of the house. So bad. Which was really the only scary part of the house, but still really good. There was a, there was one time that like there's a, you come across Slimer and they do have this like one area, like if you're not really paying attention, he does reach out really far and that would always get me, but it was so funny. Like, mm. but it was a really, it was a really good house. Yeah. If you go through the house... It really tells the story of the movie pretty well. Um, interested to see if they bring it back for 30, whether they do a Scare Zone or Ghostbusters 2 as a house. Uh, but we can unanimously agree that the best house was Universal Monsters. Oh, yeah. This house was amazing. Yeah. The facade was really cool. It was a giant sticker, and then they would like overlay it with uh, like a projection of things happening like fire different things of like what these monsters can bring um it it flowed even though it was like every monster had their own section the flow through the house into each monster section was it was done really well uh the first time we did go through we got a little hiccup because like it was a mirror room and the guy couldn't tell which way to go and the scare actor had to break out and be like no no (laughs) you need to go left like you have to go left it was the hunchback (laughs) he was kind of like reaching out and like kind of trying to direct him um but that had a really cool thing because like there was sometimes like the hunchback would be laying and you wouldn't realize it and then he would move then there's other times where he was like on a bungee cord and he was like swinging like he was pulling the bells yeah um the one time we went through Dracula decided to leave his lair and he ended up in a wolfman section and they both came at you at the same time and like fog terrifying brides of the brides of frankenstein the frankenstein really cool. the bride of frankenstein was terrifying <laughs> she just popped out and screamed she would in just pop face. out and scream but it was it was such a good it's a great jump scare um i loved how when you enter the house there are these statues of all the monsters that you're about to encounter and on the right side you know they've got they have like five. And on the left side, they only have like two. But they've got, you know, the creature, I think, from the Black Lagoon, whose fins are just sticking out from the ground. And then it's also got... Um, I think the Hunchback was the sitting hunchback, over there. The Hunchback was on the left side. And then they have a podium that's empty. And I was trying to figure out if that was supposed to be the Invisible Man. Because and maybe the Invisible Man, the joke is that the Invisible Man was in the house, but you can't see him because he's the Invisible Man. But they do have one podium on that left side that's just empty with nobody on it. And I thought it was for him. And it does kind of look like it has like little leg grooves. Like at some point someone might have been sitting there. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was, that was funny. And this was one of those houses where like, especially our last run through this house, these scare actors were coming for you. Like they would reach out. They would lean out. Like it. they really went hard in this house. And I appreciated it. And 
I know that there were some security guards laughing at me because the last time we went through, I knew the Frankenstein was behind the curtain and I thought we missed him. And then he came out and I came out running going, I knew you were there, but it got me every time and I really enjoyed it and I was really happy. So Universal Monsters was the best house. We agree. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people listening may not agree. That's fine. Uh, Let's switch over to scare zones. Which was your favorite scare zone? (sighs) I would say Vanity Ball. Agreed. It was. It was. And that I was loved. the one I was least looking forward to. As yeah, well. I loved the. I loved the whole aspect of it. It was like really cool. I loved that they would have a runway show with a person like commentating, and then like even when the show wasn't happening, there was still somebody on a stage. Like, just made you feel like you were this party that was people trying to have plastic surgery and enhance themselves, but were really scary. Yeah, and I loved how the plastic surgeries kind of. They varied from really, like, life-threatening surgeries. Like, people were walking around with just, like, giant gashes in their face. Um, I forget what, like, the cut is, but there's, you know, the the Dark Knight, oh, like, the, the Joker. Yeah, the Joker has, like, the Dahlia face or whatever. But, like, that's an actual cut that, uh, like, one of the actors from Sons of Anarchy has. I Like, it's... I forget the name, and this is awful radio. I will think of it, though, but it's, like, when they cut from, like, the corner of your lip up to your ear... Um, but it's like even it, like so there was terrifying things like that. But then there were certain characters that just had like exaggerated uh, lip injections, where it looks like they had like duck lips or something like that. I thought that was pretty funny because I personally don't like it when people get lip injections. It weirds me out. Um, overall, just like really good creep. What? Go ahead, interrupt me. Glasgow smile. The Glasgow smile. Yes, thank you. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> um, but overall, I thought that that was. It wasn't great for scares, but I thought just overall in theming. And I like that they had a runway mm-hmm. in the middle of it. Um, kind of surprised me, but yeah, that was the one I really liked. I did also like there was this one, they had like small stages, and there was this guy, and he had like this like futuristic surgical mask on, and he would invite people up to like take a picture, but he's holding a bowl and a scapula. And every time they'd get up, he'd like smack the bottom of it and scare them, because they'd be like, run away. But yeah, it was, it just looked like a giant party. Um, the rest of the scare zones, I wasn't, like, really impressed. I guess if, like, I had to say my second would be Rob Zombie just because, like, there was something going on. I don't feel like I could really see anything in Vikings Undead. Like, it was so dark in there. And then, yeah, Zombie Land was just meh. I thought Anarcade was really cool. Oh, that My knock on it that. was that it was just too small. Yeah, it's like... It, it was really just, like, the stretch of the neon lights, the girls on stilts. And that was it. It only seemed like there was, like, every time we go through, I felt like I've seen pictures of a lot of characters in there, but I always felt like it was two girls on stilts, a guy with a chainsaw, and then a guy with, like, painted swords. Like, I don't feel like there's ever a lot of characters in it. It was really good for photo opportunities. Um, but overall, decent scare zone. Didn't think it was that scary. I was largely disappointed. I didn't, I wasn't very excited about Vikings Undead. I thought that was just an idea that they threw together. Because they needed another scare zone. Didn't really care for that one. I thought Zombieland 2 was pretty disappointing. I know they wanted to build hype for the movie. Or at least kind of capitalize on the fact that the movie was coming out. We haven't seen the movie. 
the scare they called it zombie land 2 double tap but every scene from that movie was pretty much from the first movie i think the only thing that i ever saw in there that i liked is we were walking out and one time there was a guy who was dressed as zombie bill murray and one of the Tallahassees came across him and he genuinely was yeah. talking and he was like oh my god bill <laughs> murray and he was he was like swinging and jumping around and like other than that like that is the only thing i took away from that scary yeah. zone except for there was one time we did walk by and the creepy clown was standing like in this like yep. corner yeah. with like he was fog in the alleyway. and neon, and it. I like walked by and I had to walk back and I was like, "Dear God!" And what he didn't is even that? jump out no. at anybody. He was just standing there. He wasn't even moving. He could have been sleeping for all. <laughs> it was, that was terrifying. Other than that, eh. Uh, yeah, it wasn't really crazy about Zombie Land Two. Rob Zombies, I was a little disappointed in, only because. We walked through it so many times, and I feel like they had a very limited soundtrack. Cause not Living once, Dead Girl was like the only Living, thing I Living heard. Dead Girl was like the only song that they played. You didn't hear... I didn't hear Dragula play once. Mm-mm. The numerous times that we walked through that one. Uh, not great for scares. It was a giant photo The character off. that they had standing next to Dragula, that was funny, and that was cool. That made for a really good photo opportunity. It was mostly a photo op, and dudes standing there looking at these girls dancing on their platforms. <laughs> Just a lot of... Really awkward, nerdy dudes <laughs> trying to get pictures of the girls. And here I am just trying to escort you over to the to the girls and like, hey, get a picture from this angle. Like this is this is really good. I felt like the girls were more welcoming to you taking photos of them than just some really weird dude. So I was more than happy to just hold your drink and let you do your thing. Yeah, and then my camera messed up and I got caught. They told me I was using a flash, which I wasn't, but some random lights started going off on my camera. So I had to put it away, sadly. Um all right. So that covers scare zones, covers houses. What did you think of the Marathon of Mayhem, the water show? I will say the second time we watched it, I liked it better because we were a little bit more center. And I feel like the first time we watched it, we were a little off center. And there was kind of some wind. So it was shifting the fog and things. So like some of the stuff didn't come through clearly. But the second time we were up higher and more center. And it was a more calm night. And I, I really enjoyed it. I hope they bring it back. I know some people didn't necessarily like it. But I thought it was really cool. Like with the the projections and the water and all that stuff. I thought it was it was really fun. And it was a nice like inter, like a break between things. I liked it. I didn't love it. I loved it the first time that we saw it. Because it was something new and different that we hadn't seen at a Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. The second time we watched it, I was like, and we were more centered. We had a better view for it. And we were actually standing next to Michaelo's son when we watched it the second time, which was kind of neat. But then again, when we watched it the second time, I was like, okay, this was a cool eight-minute show. And it just kind of like, it just it's it's just a collage and like a presentation of, of all the things that they have at Halloween Horror Nights. I would agree with that. Like, it's not something, like, I feel like if the multiple times we were there... I don't know if I'd watch it more than twice. It's definitely something that just gives you something else to do at Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. Because We're, when you're there, it's like, you know, and if you don't have Express, your goal is pretty much to do as many houses as possible. When you have Express and you're kind of going through the houses and you're looking for other things to do, it's like, okay, well, I can either do more houses or I can go on rides or I can go to AOV. This show, because it was only on at 9, 10, 11, or 12 o'clock, um... It gave you something else to do. It was, I guess it was a good palate cleanser. We'll call it that. Um, yeah, AOV this year, in my opinion, I think they're they're an awesome dance. They're an awesome troupe. They're amazing. They always come up with great. This stuff, year's AOV this year, was amazing. 
It was, it was an awesome show. So cool. Like, we were correct in it being called Altered States, and it was, like, a very Jekyll and Hyde thing, but it was, like, the um, the the Mr. Hyde character, he would then bring these, like, Victorian-esque serial killers. Like, there was Jack the Ripper at one point in time. They had plague doctors, and he would inject them, and they would become the monsters that they are. And it was so... We saw it twice... I could have seen it like four more times. It was amazing. See, it when was we went so last cool. year for AOV, and we've seen AOV three straight years now, we've seen it, you know, the years that it's been at Horror Nights, and for three straight years they've done great shows and they've gotten better with each year. This one I felt like, you know, last year's show was like a, it was like a Terminator style show. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of like techno and hip hop, and it was, it was about this you know human this war between humans and cyborgs or whatever and i could follow the story a little bit but this year it wasn't that hard to follow the story i thought the story was told really well i liked the music choices better sure it was a little more hard rock and something up more my alley but and but when i go to like a dancing show i'm not expecting a lot of hard rock songs because like you can't really dance that well to them but they did a really great show mm-hmm. with really good songs Great performances. A story that was told pretty clean and, and easy to understand. The whole like shadow pup, like shadow screen. The only thing, thing. I regret was that we didn't have a, a seat for any show that we went to that was perfectly centered. centered. So we had a really good angle of the shadows. Yeah. But still really cool. Uh, the dude that could dance with the soccer ball was really cool. Um, the bone breaker. The, the bone breaker that they keep bringing back. Uh, that was pretty un- uncomforting. They had the aerialist. They did the aerialists this year, which replaced, I think, the the rope walkers or the rope dancers. Still an awesome show. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, if I had to go back and do, if I was given a list of like three, if I could go back and, and I was told you can do three things, I would probably do Universal Monsters, Ghostbusters, Houses, and then I would go see AOV again mm-hmm. because it was such a great show. Yeah, it um, was. It was one of those ones where, like, when we went, like, we were there, we're like, oh, it's going to start. Like, we should we should probably go get in line. Like, yeah. we were we were made sure we were definitely getting there yeah. to go see it. And, you know, there are, the, there are the, Bill and, the Bill and Ted truthers out there that love Bill and Ted. And I'm sure that they'll bring Bill and Ted back for, like, a one-off show at some point. But AOV killed it this year. Yeah, it's like, I get the whole pop culture thing and, like, that's funny and stuff. But I, it was, like, the one time we saw it is funny. But I kind of... It doesn't really have a story. It's just kind of like making fun of stuff, which is fine. But, like, AOV tries to bring a story every time that they do something. And it's something different every time. They did have a nod to Bill and Ted. They did their little stance thing. Um, But, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing show. Yeah. Um, All right. So we've recapped all the shows. We've done the houses. We'll talk about food. Let's start with the drinks. This year, surprisingly, the mixed cocktails... We tried three or four of them. We tried three of the four. We didn't try the one that had tequila, tequila. because we hate tequila. But they were really good. They were more fruity this year. There was only one that was like kind of super sweet that gave me a little bit of a stomach ache. But they were actually really good this year. They finally brought back the round cups, and you could even pick your cup this year, which was awesome. I got Ghostbusters. Um, I'm going to give you... Do you mind just looking up the names of the drinks? They... So, yeah. Or if you haven't written down, great. The f- I found them. You found them. Yes. What were they called? Saturn. Yep. Vampire's Curse. Yep. Twilight has the tequila. Okay. And Blood Pit. Blood Pit. That was the other one. 
So in terms of mixed drinks, we only tried three of the four because the fourth one had tequila and we don't really care for tequila. Vampire's Curse, good, not great. What was the one that we really liked? I think that one was the blood pit because that was like the pineapple or the peach and the orange. Okay. Um, that was definitely the one that we liked a lot. Yeah, it was vodka, blood orange, sour, peach schnapps, and orange juice. That was definitely the one that we had the most, and that was on the last night that we were there, and we had it once, and we went back, and we had, like, two more. Yeah. Um, what was the other one that we tried that was almost too sweet for us? They gave us stomach aches on Friday uh, night. Saturn, which was gin, uh, passion fruit, and sour mix. Yeah. And it was good, but, like, after drinking I remember when we first had it, we were like, oh, this is delicious. And yeah. then we finished one, and I think we were both out of commission because it didn't make us drunk or anything. It was just... We didn't feel great after. Yeah, it was super. It was yeah. a little bit sugary. Like we weren't drunk. Ones. Yeah, literally just felt like crap after drinking. Yeah, it. <laughs> it felt like my hangover was setting in while I was still consuming <laughs> it. Uh, so we had three of the four drinks. Um, what Blood Pit was the best, and then Vampire's Curse, yeah. and then Saturn. We uh, tried the infamous pizza fries. We this did the year. pizza fries. They were awesome. They were so good. Uh, the fun thing about the pizza fries was that. We the first time we got the pizza fries, there was this crew that had like a full camera setup and a lighting setup, and we're like, "Oh, Universal must just be doing some kind of special shoot," and it wasn't. It was the really kind of spunky girl from Delish, and she was literally sampling and trying all the food from Horror Nights, and yeah. we should probably try and see if like they've posted the video yet. Uh, but Eden kind of fan fangirled a little fan bit. Eden fangirled a lot because first off, I saw her, and then I saw her. Her Twitter name is Boston White, but her real name is Amanda, and she lives in the UK, and she does all this Halloween stuff, and she comes to horror nights, and we actually saw her <clears> one night. Yeah. So Eden freaked out over her at first, and then a couple hours later, we saw the Delish girl filming her review of pizza fries as we were eating the pizza fries, and the pizza fries they were amazing. First of the girl's lived job up is, to the hype. Yeah, they were. They were so good. I do agree with like the people saying like they give you a bowl so you don't burn your hand. I wish the dish was de- deeper. Yeah. But they are really good. Uh, and we never needed to get one for each of us. We would oh, always no. split it. Yeah. And it would still fill us up. And I like that. I thought it was still great. It was delicious. Pizza fries. When we go back, we'll go back again. We also tried twisted taters. Not great. So I think there were two factors. One, I got garlic parmesan, which. And they like doused it in it. I don't think that was a good flavor to try. And secondly, I think I'd gotten a tater that had been sitting under a heat lamp for a while. So it wasn't very crispy. It was like sticking to the stick. It was really hard to pull off. So it wasn't the best. I might give them one more try if I can make sure I got like a fresher one. But they're not high on my list. But I was really disappointed this year because there weren't very many food tents. Mm-hmm. They had two Agreed. in the front that were the Starcourt Mall, yeah, and they were Mexican, Chinese, and like a dessert. Which we tried the mini pumpkin donuts with green icing on a bed of Oreos. And they were really good. They were yeah, they were super light. They weren't very dense. Well, the other thing, they tasted more like fried dough with the green frosting. So it was like they were light. They weren't as dense. And spoiler alert: we actually did not go to Voodoo Donuts this trip. No, it was the one. And we talked about long. it every night. We were like, do you want to go to Voodoo Donuts tonight? And we're like, no, because we were like really tired. And then we kept thinking about it. And like, Voodoo Donuts, very dense donuts. Yeah. And I always like to try to get the ones that, that I cereal you, on them. Yeah. And then it's like always stale the because next morning. Because if you morning. get them with cereal on them, they get stale and they go yeah. bad very quickly. Uh, didn't go to Voodoo Donut. Not 
regretting that one. Very no, much. but I would. I wish I would have gotten those mini um, donuts again because they were good. They were light. And the surprisingly, the pumpkin wasn't too overpowering. Sometimes, yeah. like pumpkin spice can be like a lot. It was like a light like fried that. dough with slight pumpkin flavors. Yeah, really so they good. were really nice. And we tried the pot stickers from the. Yeah, they were okay. They yeah, they were just they were all right. But I agree that I was kind of surprised that they didn't have. And I'm not looking for the amount of food tents that they set up for when they do Mardi Gras. But you couldn't get a burger anywhere. Yeah. Like you couldn't do like one of Benny's burgers, which yeah. were really good last year. So I mean, we did go. We always go to Finnegan's anyway for dinner, and we we went there two nights. But well, like, we went there a lot. <laughs> but it was like it was kind of upsetting that like there really were no food tents. Yeah, it was odd this yeah. year. Uh, in terms of stain scream, my big regret was a not trying other stain scream zones. We did Finnegan's every night that we did do stain scream, and I didn't like it. Well, normally Finnegan's was like it was stay and scream, and they they just kind of like crowd people on one side if they wanted to go to house. The other people would kind of like stay inside, things like that, and they would kind of like regulate the line for the bar. Well, this year they changed it up. They actually set two places for lines for Ghostbusters and Stranger Things, so it kind of messed everything up to where if you then went into they were like really really getting on the line for the bar, so it's like you couldn't really stay in there. And, like, we don't, like, if we stand at the bar, we'll, we're more than happy to step aside and yeah. let people get like, drinks. Like, when we stand at the bar, we try to accommodate everybody else that's trying to get a drink. Yeah. We will make room for other for other people to get a drink. Or, like this year, we just left. Yeah, and we didn't, like, pregame too hard at Finnegan's, which is fine. I'm getting older. I don't drink as well as I used to. I don't handle alcohol. Like, I'm you nowadays, I'm, like, two or three drinks, and I'm done. Like, I don't want to drink anymore the rest of the night. But it was, like, they were kind of managers in there, and they were kind of, like, asking you, like, oh, do you have your drink? Can you please step aside? Like, they were trying to, like, get people out. And I don't feel like it was as – normally it gets really packed, and it's fine. But, like, this year I feel like it was just kind of, like, minimal there. So we mostly went over and we played videos in the Palace Arcade, which blew my mind. I completely forgot the arcade there named is Palace Arcade. Palace Arcade and Stranger yeah. Things, so they turned that into Upside Down, because last year when we went, we got kicked out of there, because we had nothing to do, but this year it was open, yeah. so that was really cool. One thing that still burns my biscuits... Oh gosh, here we go. Well, because, so one night we stayed, we were there for Stan Scream, and we got off of Jimmy Fallon's ride, and we tried to hustle right over to the bar entrance for Finnegan's, for Stan Scream, and as we're there, we are literally just like three steps from the entrance of Finnegan's, where we can see... That they are scanning people's tickets for Horror Nights for Stay and Scream. I could have easily just walked in and told this security member to go shove it. But, like, they stop us as we're trying to walk into Finnegan's. And they're like, no, you guys have to walk around. And like, we're here for Stay and Scream. Like, we have tickets. Like, I will show you the ticket. Yeah. And they still made us. They, it's not like they made us, like, walk around and go past Transformers. No. We had to go all the way around to where the like the Vanity Ball is. We had to go up that area, and then we had to cut across the other side of Transformers and, like, where Killer Clowns was last year, and we had to, again, wait in the line to enter that stage screen area. And then they tried to tell you your ticket had already been scanned. They tried to tell me when my <laughs> tickets wasn't good, and it still was. Uh, all in all, I didn't really care for the Finnegan Stain Scream area this year. We'll try it again next year. I mean, I think... And I know should... I'm nitpicking if I'm complaining about the Stain Scream areas, but... We have a podcast. Like, I feel like I, I can nitpick about things to try and guide people. And I did try to ask you if you wanted to go to Simpsons that one day, and we didn't. I think we should do that next year. If anything, I want to do the Today Show Cafe Stain Scream. I mean, because I Because at least that. from there, you can watch the opening scaremonies. Yeah. Maybe run into Tim Tracker. <laughs> I mean, that was the one thing I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I just need to see Tim Tracker, and this trip is complete with my favorite um, YouTubers. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so that was a good... 
I guess, summation of Halloween Hornets. We'll briefly touch on the rest of our trip as well. We did not do... We didn't spend much time in Islands of Adventure, like, at all. Uh, no, because, okay. We didn't Here, do a single ride at Islands of Adventure. I, this made me so freaking mad. So, first off, I actually misread the dimensions on the lockers and things like that, whatever. So my backpack was a little big the day that I brought my camera and that we went back and we had the cups. So I kind of had a, I was going to pay $2 to get a big locker. So we decided we were going to do single rider for uh, Hagrid's because we wanted to try it. Yeah. So I go in, I pay $2, whatever, put my backpack in there. We go up and we ask the lady where single rider line is. She dead looks at me in the face and says, uh, I can't tell you if it's open or not. You just need to get I in agree. the regular line. You need to under, you need to know if single rider is open or not. And from what I've heard is they never know if it's open or not. So they essentially you have to get in the normal line that is a two-hour wait and hope that when you get to the part where it forks off for single rider that it's open. If not, you've spent two hours waiting in line and you're still going to be waiting in line with these normal people. Yeah. Like, no, like that's not a thing. Like, they don't offer express pass. I kind of get that. It's still a new ride. They're trying to pump people through. But you can't not have single rider line open and not know. I'll level with them in the fact that, you know, they may not know how long the single rider line is. But at least know if it's open. Yeah, I don't care if I'm going to be waiting. If I'm going to be in line for two hours regardless, whether it's for the regular line or if I'm going to be in line for a little bit in the regular line and then it branches off into single rider, that's fine. I understand you can't tell me, like, because... Single rider is hard to gauge. Yeah, like I'm not asking. There how are some long days the you'll go is. into a single rider line, like at Men in Black, and you'll wait five minutes. I also imagine that there are days on Men in Black where you're waiting twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah, single rider. it's it's hard to read. You can never get a good feel for it. At least just know if it's open. Yeah, That's and all I, I, care about. I also think it's really weird that like it's one of the few rides that like the the entrance to it is like you have to go in the normal line. Like it's really weird that there's no separation. Like I don't that care. That didn't bother me nearly. But as it, much. but it's weird. But I think it's weird because like you can't tell what's happening. And like I don't care if I'm waiting a little longer in single rider. That is fine. But the fact that you can't tell me if it's open or not is ridiculous. And then the ride closes at like five or six. So, uh, it it's been open since June and they still can't figure it out. It's a little. It is. A little a weird. Mess. I've heard the ride. It's I know the ride itself is awesome. Yes. I'm sure, it's amazing. We haven't gotten on it yet. We will, we'll get on it soon. I don't think we're missing out too much. Um, so, yeah, we didn't do that. We didn't even do Hulk, but then again, we've done Hulk so many times. I think we literally did The Mummy once, and we did Jimmy Fallon twice. Yeah. And we became pass holders, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like if we go back, we don't have to pay for tickets. You know, we get discounts on hotels. And we talked about possibly going down for Thanksgiving. I don't know if that's going to happen just based on our work schedule. Um, still entertaining the idea of going again during our two weeks off at Christmas. Yeah. Um, we are eyeing the Run Universal 5K at the very beginning of February. We're thinking about doing that. Again, depends on work schedules. You know, I know I've got two and a half months of work left before I'm unemployed and looking for my next gig. You've got about three or four months left before you're in the same boat. But I think that's really cool that they're doing this because I know Hollywood does it. It's really cool. I've always thought that, like, you know, Disney does these runs. And Why doesn't you, yeah. Orlando do it? So I think now, like, Universal's doing a 5K and a 10K in February. Uh, I think it's the second and the third. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely checking that out. And hopefully, like, this will kind of, like, bring more, like, of those. Because I think it's a cool event. Like, you get to run through the park. And there are people who have, like, they walk through the park, they get groups together, and they do it. Yeah. So I think it's cool now that Universal's kind of embracing this and, and is going to try doing this now. 
Uh, do you want to briefly touch on our time at Disney? We can. Um, that was a... Disney was tough because... We, we got we tickets at, very late, so we couldn't really we, plan yeah. Fast Pass as well. And so we stayed at Disney Springs. Right, we stayed at Saratoga, Saratoga Springs, <laughs> which is next to Disney Springs. The good thing about that is that Disney Springs is... Or, is relative, it's like the closest attraction in Disney to Universal. And so I'm kind of happy that our resort was in that area as well. Um, we did Animal Kingdom on Friday, which I thought was a big success. Yeah, we did. So originally we had like an 825 Express Pass. Express and we did Kilimanjaro. Horror Nights Thursday night. And there was no way we were going to get up and yeah. be there. So we got rid of it. Um, and we got there, and we got in line, and it was going to be like a two-hour wait. It was a two-hour wait, and while we were in line, you found Express like a, Passes for about like an hour and a half later on. Yeah. Which we did that. But then, like, what I, what I don't – what I think people need to understand is, like, if you don't get onto Kilimanjaro Safari at Animal Kingdom, there are other ways you can kill time and still feel like you did Kilimanjaro Safari. Because, yeah, so we did the – which I've always seen the um, signs for it when I've gotten off the safari, but we finally did the, like, Gorilla Falls, like, trail. Yeah, and, and like, it was Rafiki's really Planet cool. Watch and things like that. Yeah, so, like, we saw a lot of gorillas. We saw – The whole park is one giant zoo. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to do Kilimanjaro to see animals. No, and this walkthrough path was, like – it was, like – I say we probably what? How long do you think we? It was like a good twenty minutes. It's a good twenty minute killer. Yeah, and like and then we, there's so there's one in Africa and there's one in Asia. Yeah, and so we saw like there. You and I'm twenty nine years old and I can finally admit that I didn't know that tigers were primarily found in Asia <laughs> and not Africa. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I was like, cool. You walked in a section. They had like birds flying around you. I was sad that the bats were out hunting or something. We didn't see those, but we saw we saw some gorillas. We saw a silverback gorilla. We saw a gorilla just chilling in a corner. Um, So yeah, it was like we saw a giant. What was it like? African bullfrog. It's like the size of my head. Yeah. So we did. We still did Kilimanjaro, and as as well as like the other you know walkthroughs with animals and stuff. We did. uh, It's tough to be a bug, which is always fun. We also did the dinosaur ride, and we had. We had express passes for Everest, Everest, but that was at like 3.15 and we did the math and we're like, okay, well, we kind of want to get a nap in before we go back to Horror Nights. If we do Everest, uh, we're not going to be able to take that nap and we're just going to be burnt out. So we got out, we just went back to the hotel, we slept for an hour and then we went to Horror Nights that night. The next day on Saturday, we tried to do Universal Studios, or not Universal Studios, uh, Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Technically, we did both. We did. Um, we had a fast pass for Disney Midway Mania. That was like our Toy Story's Midway, Midway Mania. It was the only thing I could get. And which, is, which is still my favorite. Yeah, ride that, that was a great ride. Um, I we kick walked. Your ass all the time. You're so mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have more practice. Anyway, <clears throat> we walked through Galaxy's Edge, and that was like a panic-inducing anxiety. Like five, ten minutes. It was just so crowded there. still. And, like, we were going to actually do the single rider for Millennium Falcon, but it was, like, 1 o'clock. We didn't think we'd have time to do it and get back for our fast our fast pass. Well, we had a reservation. At, oh, lunch. Yeah. So we walked through Galaxy's Edge. It was really cool. Um, I can kind of see the big complaint with it, though, is that it, it is just a giant money grab. Because all mm-hmm. that there is to do there currently is one ride, and then you can either go try some really weird food and drinks 
or just spend money on building a droid, building a lightsaber, or just buying other things there. I couldn't even find the marketplace because it was so packed in there. Yeah. We saw the Droid Depot um, in line. We saw the cantina with the giant line. Yeah. But other than that, like, yeah, we walked through. It sounds really cool. It, it looks I really cool. I think Orlando's, though, is going to eventually run into the problem that Hollywood's is, or Anaheim's is. Because yeah. the problem with the Anaheim Galaxy's Edge is that it's all it is is just one giant store. They also and need... all you can do is just go and spend money. And I think Orlando is eventually going to run into that problem. And eventually, people don't flock to that area of the park either. But when they open up the Rise of the Resistance Which is supposed whatever, to be like a 15-minute ride. a 15 ride. to 20-minute ride. That will get more people back into the park. Until then, though, all you can really do in that area is just shop. Yeah, but they also need to work on the fact that, like, people aren't going to spend a lot of money on food in there either. Especially if kids. Like, there's nothing normal-esque to eat in there like if you they have like a yeah. they have a little box you can buy for fingers. like yeah they have a box you can buy for 25 dollars, and it's like cheese and crackers no you're gonna have to scoop up your family walk them out go find them food and then come back if you want to like yeah. it is a bit of a pain um all right. epcot we tried in epcot we tried we did that after hollywood studios we, we showed up and it was slammed for the food and wine festival and i think it's because it was a weekend it was a saturday at about Four to five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and it was a day we weren't going to do horror nights, but it and was I just so crowded. It was so crowded. We were burnt out. Yeah. Um. So we just we went back to the hotel room, and that is when one of the biggest bizarre dumb things I've ever. And I know that Disney, the Mouse, like they're just they're a, they're a monopoly. Like all they want is your money. I don't think they really care about your happiness, having a good family experience. I don't think they care one bit. They want your money. And the biggest example of them wanting money happened Saturday night. And it was like, it's not like we went shopping or we were trying to buy express passes or something. We were just, we were relaxing. It was an early Saturday night. We were just in the hotel room. We were getting ready to watch a hockey game on a computer. It was only like six or seven o'clock at night. It's not busy. We could have easily had gone to Disney Springs and spent a buttload of money on drinks and a fancy dinner. No. All we wanted to do was just have a nice relaxing night in the hotel room and order a pizza. And so we call to order this pizza. First of all, the first time he called, you were on hold for 20 minutes and you didn't get through, right? But also, it should be noted that, like, they... It's not like we could get pizza delivered from anywhere else. It was like this was the only place that we could get pizza from. Yes. And so we called the second time. Someone finally picks up. And I decide, I tell them I want... I wanted a I wanted a pizza, pepperoni pizza, and we wanted to get some buffalo wings. It was like eight buffalo wings. She proceeds to tell me that the menu I have is out of date, which, okay, that's on you which guys. Which is kind of crappy because <laughs> I was there three months ago. I, I went to Daytona for a NASCAR race, and then I drove down and just stayed the night at a Disney hotel before I drove back to Atlanta. That menu was accurate three months ago. Somehow, in the past three months, that menu has become out of date. Yeah, and so she's like, well, we can't do that, but we can give you six chicken tenders, we can coat them in buffalo, we can give you ranch. And I was like, cool, that's fine. Like, we'll do that too. She then proceeds to tell me, now I don't know if she rang something up wrong, what was happening, but she told me the pizza, the the chicken tenders. Six tenders. Six tenders. It was going to be like in the old menu said it's an 18% charge for something there's taxes there's delivery charges whatever she wanted me to pay 65 dollars for this pizza, for pizza and wings and wings and i i look i was like could you hold on 
And I tell him, and I was like, I, there's no way. Like, even if we split that, that's still $30 that we're splitting together. Yeah. That's insane. It was it was probably just an 18-inch pizza at best. An 18-inch pepperoni pizza. And then six chicken tenders that just had buffalo sauce and ranch on the side. And they wanted $65. And I'll I'll try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she rang in that twice. Maybe she rang in two pizzas. Something. But whatever. But $65 for one pizza and six chicken tenders. It broke my brain. I'm still broken. I have no so. idea. I told you when you told me that, when you said, uh, hang on one second. And you said, they want $65. And I'm just like, hang up. Like, that's crap. <laughs> so I told her, I'll get back to you. We hung up and we went to the Artisan's Palette. And we ended up getting, like chips dip some sodas and two sandwiches and i think that cost us like 40 bucks yeah which i expected <laughs> like no matter where you go i mean it was it w- when you're eating at a theme park it's always going to be expensive. but it was still gonna be, it was like we got chips we on were the in side. universal in, in los angeles back in may oh and gosh. we got burgers at universal and it, that turned out to be like 32 yeah we got burgers from crusty land and it, it was so it's like one i drink. understand that theme park eating is going to be a little pricey yeah, but 65 65 dollars <laughs> For a large pizza, six chicken tenders, tax, delivery fee, service fee. And that's not even counting tip. Whatever. $65 for a pizza is just stupid. It was. So it was... we didn't pay it. Cause, no. <laughs> and I was dead tired. I was. Willi- I actually would have been fine paying $40. I would have just been like, screw it. Well, that's fine. what I thought it was going to be anyway. tired. I don't want to go anywhere. But $65 for eight slices of pepperoni pizza is yeah. dumb. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It's almost it's like seven dollars and fifty cents for a slice of pizza, which yeah. is stupid. It was it was it was bonkers. Um, but but, overall, but all in all, we had a great time. No, we had a really <laughs> great time, and I mean, I'm already like trying to not count down because it'll just make me sad how far away it is. But I'm like, I'm already thinking of next year's horror nights, and I just yeah. There was, I think it's just once a this fear. one ends in a couple weeks, it's yeah. hard to believe that there's only two weekends left of it. Yeah. You know, it's, we spend so long kind of counting down and getting ready for it, and then it's just, it's over in a flash. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but we had a great time. Still think 28 was better than 29. Mm-hmm. No matter what, we'll always have a great time. Um, but we're excited for 30. On the next one, I think we'll do some speculations and and either talk about rumored houses, houses and maybe even present some rumors as well. But, yes, let's start some rumors. Yeah. This was good. Uh, this was kind of therapeutic because I really wanted to complain and get a lot off my chest <laughs> about the $65 pizza that we did not get, luckily. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. As always, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try not to have two months in between podcasts. We'll try to do them either every other week at best. Uh, we just got super busy over yeah. the past couple months. We've got a lot of catching up on, but also we are now uh, able to be streamed on iTunes. We finally yeah. got that fiasco figured yeah. out. Uh, so Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you can listen to us all there. Uh, Instagram, Theme Park Corner, Twitter, Corner Theme. But thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs>